0: Linda Baestetos.
1: Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Baestetos. I'm your host today. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm always honored when someone's carved some time out of their busy day to spend with me. So today we're going to be talking about the home health care industry. Recently read an article that went like this. Many people are realizing that home care is a much more affordable route to providing people with the assistance they need. This is especially true when compared with such things like assisted living facilities and nursing homes. People are beginning to understand the importance of helping the elderly stay in their own homes. This helps them maintain some independence, be happier, and be able to stay with their family home care is the option that allows this them to do this and again that's what that's our topic today it's home health care has become a very um, not only a a very needed service but it's also opened up opportunities for business and franchises of course in in this case So my guest today is Andrew Hoffman. Andrew is a seasoned entrepreneur and franchise owner. He currently works to assist CareShift, and that CareShift is C-A-R-E-S-H-Y-F-T. I love that spelling. Uh, To expand their brand. CareShift is a home care service for seniors who want to remain in their homes Care shift has been featured in art in various news outlets as well. Help me in, in welcoming Andrew to the show. Andrew, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Linda, very much. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and your listening audience today.
1: Yes, we're glad to have you here. You know, the whole health care industry has really kind of exploded in the last, I want to say, decade or so. And before we get started on that, Andrew, tell me a little bit about your background and how you were drawn to CareShift.
2: shift uh, a great question. It's um, on, on a personal level, uh, both my parents are 87 years old, and they have advanced stages of Alzheimer's. My mother has critical-level Alzheimer's, and my father's lost a, a, a limb, and my mother recently broke a hip, and so a, a, a personal attraction. So when I was introduced to, to David Goodman, the president of CareShift, uh, we had immediate connection, on experience. I, I What I liked about them as a franchise is a, the vast breadth and depth of their experience and successes in the industry. Over the last 30 years, they have set up 325 um, independent business operators uh, in the home care sector. So they've got great wow. experience. They're passionate about the industry, and this is their sole focus.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, it again. This is um, for those of you listening. Home health care is a great opportunity for someone to have a business and work out of their home, and have some caregivers that are able to provide services for the elderly that. Uh, They can't do it. They're they're not independent enough um, that they can do everything around the home. But they still want to look up and see the pictures on the wall. They still want to look at the doilies on the table. uh, So keeping them in their home certainly makes them happier. So tell me a little bit, uh, Andrew, about the services that CareShift offers.
2: You bet. Um, So a couple points there, Linda. you're right. Independent studies show that 90% of Americans uh, prefer to age of their own home, and roughly 10%, or 10,000 Americans every day reach the age of 65. Uh, so the, the demand has increased dramatically, and the good part, I think, speaks to us as a culture, is the growth in the home care industry, to me, suggests that we are recognizing the need and we're trying to service that need as opposed to farming our grandparents and, our parents and siblings into institutional care. So mm-hmm. you're right, this is a great opportunity for somebody who has um, well, a passion for the industry to get involved with this. And so CareShift facilitates that very well. They'll train the franchisee in how to find clients, how to, how to hire um, our proper caregivers, set appointments, et cetera, you're on your own. They, they guide you, direct you, train you with proprietary software and uh, um, IT or technology-based solutions to make this work for you. It's very affordable to get involved in the process. Uh, we are very selective. Uh, who gets accepted? I mean, people understand you aren't buying a franchise. You're applying for it, and you need to have the appropriate requisites, wherewithal to be successful in the industry. And to follow the guidelines, based on 30-plus years experience. The management team has a collective 87 years experience in the industry. And so the blueprint is there. That's a matter of, you know, some needs to identify the why. You know, so why do you want to change your life? This is a little bit different. And CareShift offers the how very carefully to map it forward. You can come on as a single-unit owner, a multi-pack owner, meaning multiple territories, Or also as a master franchise area developer, which could mean owning part or all of a state or multiple counties, for example, things of that nature. So um, they're very experienced, very passionate about what they do, highly successful, um, you know, doing the model already. And so it's a nice turkey situation for somebody to walk in and they have five weeks of online training, another five days, depending upon the COVID situation, obviously, with hands-on training as
1: well. So let's back up a little bit, David. Tell me some of the services that CareShift offers. For a caregiver to come into someone's home, what are some of the things that they would help um, the the seniors with when they come in?
2: Yeah, great question. So it's a non-medical home care service. So essentially everything from front door to back door, you're going to touch – Aside from the the medical issues, which are best left to the medical professionals, obviously, to avoid any errors, et cetera. So um, you can picture, for example, um, perhaps uh, an elderly, later gentleman uh, having assistance with preparing a meal, uh, maybe dressing themselves, getting laundry done, uh, you know, maybe putting the garbage out, um, organizing their home a little bit, things like that. And a lot of times during that process, the elderly can – somewhat satisfy their immediate needs day to day, but what they want is companionship when are doing those things. So preparing a meal, mm-hmm. a conversation, that, that little bit right there from my own research um, suggests that that companionship in your own home can not stop, but it might stall perhaps the um, degradation into Alzheimer's and other issues with people. So it's a, it's a psychological, social companionship that they might miss from their family. The family can't be there for mealtime or help with laundry necessarily or cleaning the house. Um, but now somebody's there to address those non-medical needs, which can go anywhere from prepping a meal to somebody has their personal hygiene taken care of, they're bathed properly, they're dressed effectively. Um, you know, is something very simple. Is a furnace turned on. It's something as simple uh-huh. as that, for example, you know, um, uh-huh. you know, and, um, are they wearing underwear, socks, or T-shirts, perhaps, that has food on it or they've defecated on or urinated on for example, making sure their mm-hmm. hygiene is in order? So it would be all customized, and, every, and, every and client. You know,
1: and, you know, um, my mother, before she um, got to the point where she did need more full-time care and went into more of a, um, uh, a nursing home-type facility, she was probably close to ninety, and for yep. maybe three years before we were able to keep her in her home by having someone come in every day. And uh, you talking about the conversation, um, she, the caregiver would get all of her work done. She would wash the clothes and make the lunch, and you know do those things that you described earlier, yep. but what my mother really wanted her to do was to sit down and watch her soap opera with her. And so for one hour, she sat there and watched the soap opera with my mother, and it gave her such pleasure. Um, So it is the small things like that, isn't it, Andrew?
2: My my mother worked in uh, palliative care um, for well over 10 years when she was in her 60s. And you're absolutely correct. A lot of times these people she worked with, they know, they're, they, they are like dumb people. They, they know where they are in life. They understand the life trajectory. They know they're on the, the twilight zone. And just someone, their, their, their children, their siblings, their grandchildren have busy lives. They want someone who's dedicated to them for a half hour, hour, wherever it might be, just to mm-hmm. park beside them on the couch and watch that soap opera. And in this case, she had a gentleman who's a double amputee, immigrant from Poland, and he couldn't find anybody with a great appreciation of classical music. My mother uh, loves opera, classical music, Broadway shows. As a child growing up, I came home from school, the house would be reverberating with opera, classical music, Beethoven, Mozart, Broadway shows, and, and, nice. it's, um, and, she was, and it was a, a bond made in heaven. This gentleman, mm-hmm. he picked up, he got healthier, he's a, he's a happier demeanor, Mm-hmm. The, the connection, the laundry, the cleaning, just the thing that even, even a, a brief respite from silence, have that conversation is critical. And so to your earlier question, that's what drew me in particular to this industry, industry sector, that even more so to the people I care shift, with their body of experience, showed me this isn't a business, this is a passion. And that's uh-huh. what I look back at my mother's stories, and where my parents are in the life cycle today, and um, I think it's just um, people need to look at this as a, as a good business opportunity with a social uh-huh. conscience. They're, they're benefiting uh-huh. your neighbors. Um, you won't sit in your neighbor's faces, which you are benefiting them and their family. So it's, to me it's a great, great place to, um, to park your interest and develop a business.
1: Sure. So let's talk now a little bit about um, what it looks like to be a franchisee of CareShift. So as you are looking as you are looking um, at for for prospective franchisees, Andrew, are you looking for someone who already has experience in the healthcare industry? Who is a good franchisee? What would be a good match for CareShift?
2: What one of the issues many people have as a single-unit franchise owner is make a separation of, like I said, their, their passion in the sense of they want to do it themselves, whether it be a senior care practitioner, a car mechanic, a teacher, whatever it might be, separating that from being the owner of a small business. As you evolve into multi-pack franchisees, area developers, and masters, they tend to understand that separation. So um, what you're looking for primarily, uh, in my viewpoint, is someone who has sales and management type of experience. That does not mean they're a vice president of sales or CEO of a company. They could be someone who's a team leader in a company. Um, They they manage a bunch of uh, of a group or a project, whatever. So with the CareShift program, the the five weeks of online training and five days of in-person training, they will learn how to find the primary resource, the, the caregiver's, They'll use the, the, the IT solution, how to screen people, find people, um, understand a good hire a bad hire. So they have a team built around them that they're going to manage. So then when that's done, they learn how to, how to find the actual client themselves. So this is where a person with sales and management-type skills, project management, management skills, will understand the program, the nuance of the program, how to connect, connect with people, go to network sessions, breakfast, lunch, or dinner sessions, to build a business and then manage their, their caregivers and their clients simultaneously. So I would suggest that people um, don't read, don't go obtuse with requirements here. You know, we don't need a high level sales management experience, but if you've got that summer in your background um, where you've managed groups of people, projects, etc. cetera, um, the more of that, the better. And you, under, you will learn how to, if you already have it, understand the caregivers, their needs, demands, the clients' needs and demands. Um, so I lean more towards that um, sales, management, um, some compassion as well for pe- people that you'd be dealing with. So you, you can't be cold-hearted, obviously. It goes into a bit of a personality attribute as well. That's the kind of direction I would lead to, sort of sales management, a passion, and compassion, for this sector of our population.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, Andrew, I would think that, um, that one of the more challenging um, things for a multi-unit franchise owner especially mm-hmm. might face is finding the right caregivers because, there again, that caregiver is the face of the company. They are in these people's homes every day. Does CareShift help in finding those caregivers? And how do they go about doing
2: that? 100%. So there is a proprietary software that we use that helps people attract and screen um, caregivers with the appropriate experience, background, uh, knowledge, and skill set. So you're 100% correct that the the right caregiver is the positive face of your business. It's imperative to get the right caregivers on board, so you you would have uh, my suggestion would be that if you deem you need let's say hypothesize for a second, just for conversations' sake only, if you deem you need say five caregivers to satisfy your clientele, my suggestion is always to have maybe seven or eight in your stable. So if somebody is not feeling well on a particular day, or they may have strained a muscle, perhaps. Um, A family comes up on their own personal front; Uh, they have to scale back on availability on a given day. You have people in your stable you can tap into who are qualified, skilled, ready, willing, and able to engage. So you need to manage that carefully, and then you always have your ears open. Like any good executive, your ears and eyes are always open for people who you think be great in your business. So, for example, for years when I when I helped run. Uh, a variety of, of uh, industries and companies, rather in in um, in my earlier career. If I was up for lunch somewhere or dinner or at a network session, somebody caught my attention. I would get their card to talk to them and connect with them later on about the company I worked for, how I saw they might fit with us a year, five years, ten years down the road. So I always had a another reserve of potential candidates. So mm-hmm. you get you get your core talent. You use the care shift. Proprietary processes and software to screen uh, and hire the right candidates. They train you in that thing. They get the ball rolling for you. They help you help to find the first few. Get, get the ball rolling. treat hands with yourself. And if down the road you are under some difficulty, you find it challenging, any one of assistance. That assistance is always there. It's a phone call away.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now your new franchisee has caregivers. Because you can't open your doors really without the caregivers, because that is (laughs) that's pretty much your service, right? So the next big um, big concern for a brand new franchisees is where do I get where do I find people that need my service? Do you guys help them in finding clients, and uh, also uh, do you do you teach them about referral partners and how they can? find someone that could constantly refer business to them.
2: Yeah. You know, it, it's you you nailed it, Linda. Um, there's no point having uh, a bounty of, of clients. If you don't have any caregivers to satisfy that need, it's kind of a chicken and egg type thing, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't have any clients. How many caregivers do I hire? You know, um, you know, and you kind of kind of back and forth for that, but you need the caregivers first to satisfy the need. And so then, they, they are trained, as they are fighting caregivers, they're trained how to find the clients, where to go to build relationships with people, to bring um, a station with clients on board with you. And as you alluded to earlier in the conversation, there, there are people that, that go to a we said nursing home, long-term hair comb, assisted living uh, residence, whatever that, um, you know, at, at a certain stage of their life. The reality is, again, people who go to these homes are not necessarily accepted. Sometimes the home near where they live or their, their preference may be at capacity, um,
1: right.
2: or or maybe they start really truly really ready for that home. They may go to the home, let's say hypothesize again, they may go with one of their children and realize, you know what, this isn't for me quite yet. I understand the need of my life for this thing, but I'm not ready yet for it. So, so, but they, everybody recognizes and acknowledges they, they can't live on their own 24-7 to 365. So, so then the homes can be a source of information for you. Say, so, you know what? We just um, had an application from Andrew Hoffman. He's not quite ready for us, uh, or we can't handle him. Uh, he may be a good client for you. So you tap mm-hmm. those resources. So my suggestion is a few things: you make your make your presence known at regular network groups, like any any business network type group, a breakfast, lunch, dinner type group, evening groups, whatever mm-hmm. it is. You get engaged there, make presentations, do webinars, etc. You connect with doctors, homes. Um, there are, near Iowa, for example, a couple places that they, they sell um, uh, mobile scooters, wheelchairs, mm-hmm. crutches, uh, lifts, etc. You connect with those sort of people as well. But another one, um, just as, a, as an example, um, is I'm working with a, a company in, in Canada, that builds hospitals and long term care residences across the country of Canada. And what we're discussing there is as they build these homes, as it was I alluded to, is that not everybody's ready for the homes or necessarily wants the homes. So they, they will self feed both sides of the business. They're looking at a certain um, multi pack or regional area developer. Um, arrangement. So they will build the homes. As people apply to the homes, they can arrange as interim uh, the home care service with CareShift for them. And then as they evolve through CareShift as they age and things uh, <clears throat> excuse me degrade a bit physically, intellectually, emotionally the people they come into the home. So that, that becomes a sort of a circular reference for their industry. So use it as an example, a franchise you can go to these homes, tap into the resource there, um, being themselves selves available as an option with people they consult with families you know what you're a good client for us or you're perhaps beyond we could, what we would do normally you need to go to one of these homes so you, you get involved okay. in the process intellectually and emotionally at a point you made at the very beginning for the finance part some may be interested mm-hmm. in going to a home um, but again my, my parents as example everybody can afford 35, 40,000 plus per year for residents. So you mm-hmm. know what, then you, you come to care shift. Um, we can accommodate you and we get you the stream to manage the, the remaining years of your life um, effectively and efficiently. Mm-hmm. So a lot mm-hmm. of that work involved, you know, and that you're taught yes. that as well, who to go to, who to see, what to say, how to say it, uh, when to go see them, how to insert yourself in the process, as a value-added and trusted advisor.
1: Yeah, nice, nice. I like the idea of building in care shift into a long-term care facility as those are going up. Um, that's that's a really smart way to do that. Andrew, we're coming down to the um, time for me to take a commercial break, but I tell you what, 100%. I love some of the stories that you've been telling. Do you have some more that you could share when we? Hundred percent, absolutely. Yep. Very good. Very good. Well, folks, I'm going to take a real quick commercial break, and we'll be back with more from Andrew Hoffman with CareShift. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house, from tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com.
0: Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Biestetos is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America Change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life. Or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922.
1: Hey, folks, welcome back. This is Linda Ballestatos, and we are talking about the home health care industry today. So when we broke for commercial break, Andrea I ask if you happen to have some stories you could share with us.
2: Yeah, so I'm um, going to tap into my family story again for a story. Um, my grandmother on my mother's side of the family, um, we affectionately called her Maddie, M-A-N-N-Y, because of a little baby, I couldn't pronounce granny came out as Manny Mm -hmm. um, for some reason. So so Manny was in her her 80s, and she lived in this big house uh, by herself and very happy. Um, She kind of had her act together pretty much for a lady of her age. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, Manny fell and broke a hip. And as many people that age, it's not the the broken hip that caused the problem. It's the solution to the broken hip that caused the problem. So Manny had a surgery to fix the hip, and she had a stroke during the surgery. And that was wow. the um, that was the final straw in the demise of, of Manny. So, I would go to the hospital where she was, with two hours from my home, and I read her the the Globe and Mail, the Canadian national newspaper. Um, you know, every visit, um, every word of every page, of the entire newspaper. it I take me over about over two or three hours, to read the paper to her. So this is this is well before it comes of care shift. Um, uh, were were around, or the industry was really even beginning to mature, quite frankly. And so there, to an early point we discuss is, what does a caregiver do? Okay, well, so you've got an older lady, older gentleman. You look at their home when you're in there, and you find hazards like a trip hazard, for example, you know, maybe a, a loose area rug, or a corner could be turned up or caught, um, you know, on an air rug in the bedroom, living room, dining room, etc., and you you resolve that issue. You fix it so the person who's otherwise healthy and happy doesn't have the unfortunate fall, and now then that accelerates your demise. And they could have had another two or three years in their home, perhaps, and then go to an assisted living home. Also, now they're in a life and death situation, and they lose that battle. Um, that's more common than we like to believe. Uh, unfortunately, that that's one of the key roles in there, you know, and it. Um, uh, Uh, another person I know who was doing fairly well um, at their home, uh, but you tell the conversations with them that they were starting to forget some things a little bit, the conversation would suggest that, you know, perhaps, you know, they're, you know, showing early signs of Alzheimer's or something of that nature. And unfortunately the family elected to leave them alone in their home, uh, not bring in, a care shift type service and, and the, the, the lady sold her home, moved into a condo all by herself. Well, in the actual house, she could walk outside for the garbage out, walk outside, take care of the flowers, walk outside, sit in the garden, sit outside in the backyard, read a book on a sunny day, etc. Being in the condo, which I thought was smaller easier to manage, she was she was captive. And then with yeah. COVID, she, she couldn't go to the elevator so it could be all full of people and she had a hard time getting her groceries. She couldn't uh, go outside for a walk. Um, so the combination of being shrunk to a condo, um, eight floor, couldn't get out easily, to integrate with uh, society as uh, she's available to, to go for a walk, etc. cetera, relying on family to bring her groceries, etc. and they're, they're all working, they're busy. Her decline with, with Alzheimer's accelerated at an, an incredibly right. rapid pace. So mm-hmm. if she was taken to the doctor. She had... Um, early stages of dementia, and then the doctor diagnosed her. It was a, it was a dramatic turnaround less than six months' time to what they call crisis-level Alzheimer's. And she went from hmm. um, her house, her condo, to a doctor's appointment to hospital the same day. Hmm. Right. And wow. So, yeah, exactly. And so this is where some of the care shift, The the integrate into the family, become part of the family. So you need to caregiver and the family side, you, you, you respectfully integrate with each other and, and the person you're taking care of, have that open, honest, uh, forthright dialogue about the person you're you bringing care to, their progress, um, are they fine, um, things we remember, forget, are the trip hazards, safety hazards, whatever it might be, and you have the conversation. This is where care plays a very key, key role in that process. When a family can't be there all the time as much as they might like to, the caregiver mm-hmm. is there and they communicate effectively to the family.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, that has to be um, a huge um, relief for a family knowing that someone is check- coming in and checking on their mother, or their father, their aunt, their uncle on a regular basis when they can't be there to put their eyes on the situation because my father had Alzheimer's as well. And I know how all of a sudden that can accelerate and if you're not watching for the signs, it can become a crisis before you really know it. So, you know, uh, Andrea, if somebody is listening right now and they think that is my passion, I really want to help people, I want to work with the elderly, how would they find out more information about CareShift and talk to you about the opportunity?
2: Yeah, it's um – Absolutely. So my email is andrew at my franchise partners with an com. My cell phone, which is on 24 7, is 647 991 2282. I'm available most, most days, all day, seven days a week, if they want to raise your time to talk to me at their convenience. Um, we will converse about their interest in the industry, the sector, and we'll discuss the franchise, care in particular and then I'll force them upon the connection, a brochure, and a one-pager sort of tear sheet type thing with the fundamentals um, of the franchise concept. And from there, we will discuss their interest level and are they a good match.
1: Very good. And what is the CareShift website?
2: Okay. You can go to uh, careshift.com, C-A-R-E-S-H-Y-F-T dot C-O-M.
1: Very good. So, Andrew, we're down to those final three questions. The first one is, if there is someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest they do to prepare for the process?
2: First of all, uh, I suggest, is your family on board with your your decision to look into business ownership, and um, are you prepared personally to commit the requisite? time, energy, and resources that it will take to be successful? And can you uh-huh. – are, are you a person who's, who can follow systems and processes that are well-defined and proven to be successful?
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Most definitely. And this is um, – it, it's really important for them to understand that this is not a job. Owning a business, it does impact your family your lifestyle, if that's not what you're looking for, then maybe a job might be a better fit. But I think that's real important, someone coming out of corporate, to understand there is a lot that there's a learning curve there. There will be frustration there. There will be a lot of things going on that you had not experienced in your job. It sounds like you guys do a pretty good job or a really good job in training them up front.
2: Yeah, so there's – there's the, the care shift programs and processes that people will, will benefit from dramatically, and you're right. It's not a job. You aren't guaranteed a paycheck at the end of the day. It, it's, a, it's a business. You need to have the attitude of part of the, your goal or your job, your role as the senior person in the business is to develop the people who work with you and for you to clear their path to, to success. What I put in the table as well for people is um, I've been a senior executive and president of firms, um, in, in Canada, the states, and globally, and I'm aware, I'm acutely aware of their frustrations and their challenges to make this work, and so if they just want to lean on their shoulder to discuss business issues, not necessarily care shift, caregiver type issue, I am available um, always for that conversation, mm-hmm. a, a business dialogue, uh, air the frustration, discuss some of the challenges, how we can walk through that, um, that is there as well as well as the entire management team at CareShift have a bunch of experience running business. So the art alone, uh, whether it be the caregiver thing directly or a business question, the support is there in spades.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. So the second question is, what are two traits, and I know you've mentioned this a couple of times, mm-hmm. but what are two traits that make a successful franchisee?
2: Hard work. If <laughs> you be successful, in any career, um, you know, if you're if you be the best mechanic, the best teacher, the best truck driver, um, whatever it might be, uh, the best care gift franchisee, be prepared to work hard. Um, as you alluded to, the first year in particular will be in any business. It's where you make your hay. It's challenging. You get off the ground, you plant the seeds. Those seeds will harvest eventually. Um, but you have to be prepared to put that work in to get it going. And it just sort of, I think one of the things that people miss quite a bit is people skills. You, whatever uh-huh. you do as a business owner, somewhere, somehow, the the path to success, is you require your people skills, maybe communication skills with your staff, with your clients, with your caregivers, um, with people you network with to help you build a business. So hard work and people skills, I think, are probably the two most important attributes to be a success.
1: Yeah, those definitely go a long ways because you have to have both of those to be successful um, in a business and or a franchisee as well. So the final question here is, what does the future of franchising look like? You're involved, you've been in franchising for quite some time, so I'm sure you've seen some trends and some different, uh, some uh, changes in the business model. What do you see it look like in going forward?
2: I think with the I, it is happening before COVID, but the COVID issues have accelerated the process. Um, the typical or, or stereotypical bricks-and-mortar type store, which can be very expensive, um, depending on how you approach the things and whatnot, can be expensive. I think that in the French, French was on the demise. I think one's where people, like people like to work from home, have a home-based business. What's happening now is people had a negative stereotype, work from home, if that was MLM-type things, uh, low investment, low opportunity, uh, low potential, etc., that stereotype is changing very quickly here. So I think people now want to control their lives. So, for, for example, I've been a single parent for almost 19 years of a, of a wonderful son, and um, i managed my career. It's very difficult to manage it uh, at an executive level as a single parent. Um, people now say, you know what, I can manage a career. I, I have a home-based business. I can be very successful or I can have um, a a business office close to my home in a five, ten-minute commute, for example, um, and that's it. I can skip off to go see a child's piano recital or a hockey game in the middle of the afternoon, um, and people want that flexibility now, and they're looking for those home-based opportunities or ones they can have a very small, inexpensive footprint and they can run the business from there close to their home, close to the family, gives the flexibility, and people are now realize there's a great potential of those things, The their stereotype is disappearing pretty quickly.
1: Most definitely. I think that this, I'll call this pandemic, and folks, for yep. you, you listening to this recording, it's October the 1st of 2020, so we all know what that means. So um, I think what has happened is this pandemic has pressed the pause button for people, they've had an opportunity to sit in the quiet for a bit and maybe reevaluate things and they've been able to uh have dinner with the kids in the evening they've been able to throw the baseball in the backyard um with their with their kiddos that they weren't able to do when they had some when maybe they held a, an executive position because you have to factor in in commuting the time it takes to do, go there, and, and then you have to work a little bit later in the evening. By the time you get home, the kids have eaten. They've gone to bed. So I think um, from my perspective, Andrew, I'm seeing that people are not so quick that they want to give that up. I think they, uh, they but enjoy but that.
2: It's, the, it's a quality of life thing, and you're right. If you're you an upper management, executive level type job, you have a 90, 10-hour day Plus a commute, um, and plus you have working from home as well. All of a sudden, you, you're always fatigued. You, you don't have. Mm-hmm. You may be present, but not really present on, on family gatherings and whatnot. So now people say, you know "What if I take all that away? Do I need this great big house? Do I need a very really expensive car? Can tone things down a to touch? Have better quality family time? Um, see my parents? You know, engage with my mm-hmm. children, and they can run the business. They can be the boss, hire a staff." And um, CareShift is, is but one of those that offers that, and you can earn an executive income um, for those who are successful. And it's, uh-huh. it's um, end of the day, you know, when when you when your time expires, you're taking brings trucks with you through your funeral procession. It's sun has it's, it's, it's gone. What, what carries you as you get older are stories for your children, your nieces, your nephews, and whatnot, and. People want to know that mom or dad were there for the barbecue, they were there for the recital, they were there for the, the ballet performers, they were there for the hockey game, etc. So people are seeing that and they're retooling now. And so people who, what they can do is if they're concerned that a single unit will not give the income they're accustomed to, then we look at multi packs, two, three, or four units, or an developer type deal, and that will accelerate them into a very strong executive income. As the old saying goes, Linda, you know, master franchise deals make millionaires. You know, there's there's no more mm-hmm. than that simply obviously, but um, if you're an empire builder, the opportunity is there as well and you have a small office close to home and you become sales management as opposed to buying a job per se and people are losing these stereotype. People think, used to think historically franchise was bricks and mortar and as burger fries or food type thing. People are not mm-hmm. understanding very quickly, franchising is across the board in virtually every industry possible, and they can fit somewhere somehow with with a franchise that matches their skills and experience. And that's why when I talk to people, my questions are focused on skill, experience, passion, desired lifestyle, and your financial strength. And we
1: mm-hmm. can match absolutely. Right? Yeah, so absolutely. it Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, So, Andrew, we're down to the end of the show here. One more time, if somebody's interested in finding out more about CareShift and getting in touch with you, how would they do that?
2: 647-991-2282. You can call or text me or email me at at myfranchisepartners.com.
1: Very good. Andrew, thanks so much for being on the show today and sharing a little bit about the home health care industry and how it's growing. I really appreciate it. Uh,
2: likewise, I appreciate that between you, Linda. I wish you all the best, and all the best to your listening audience. Hope to talk to some of them
1: soon. Very good. Thanks so much. Thank you, Linda. So folks, you know, talking about the home health care industry, talking about the aging, taking care of the elderly. I want to leave you with this quote. To care for those who once cared for us is one of the highest honors. That's a quote by Tia Walker, who is an author and an and an expert in the uh healthcare industry and the aging. So again, see it as an honor folks and let's take care of our elderly one more time thanks so much for joining me today and i look forward to seeing you next time on all things franchising
0: another great episode of all things franchising is now in the books you can listen to past shows by following all things franchising on facebook and twitter Thank you for joining us today and be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of all things franchising.